Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Monday, the 20th of November. Really nice to be here with you. And you, Danny? Yes, uh, lovely to have you. Well, have you here? <laughs> I was on my own last Monday, Nadine, so it's great you're here. I'm sorry, I did let you down last Monday, but the market hasn't quite let us down today, Danny. Um, green on screen. Just squeaking over the line, just there. So the SIBO 200 up almost a whole point in the ASX 200. Looks like it's up eight points or just over one tenth of a percent. So trying to be a happy market. And, well, I'm uh, trying to be a happy person as well. <laughs> energy. Energy did really well. The sector overall was up by, oh, 1.3%. Uh, it looks like consumer discretionary. We'll get there with one of our corporate stories today. Um, but it all began, didn't it, after the market opened with news that the Optus CEO had stepped down. Look, um, Unsurprising. Uh, unsurprising. And it really is about the optics for Optus because they have had two major events. Mm -hmm. And as an Optus customer, I still am deliberating whether I do I stay or do I go? Because so as a customer, do you reckon? Because we had this debate in the newsroom that the buck stops with her. Ultimately, yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, leadership's got to come from the top. And you, you sort of question, like, even if this was an unfortunate mistake, Unfortunately, it's now too big oopsie doopsie. So you really have to start to wonder, am I safe with this network? Yeah, and a lot of criticism about how the whole, not just cyber incident, but then this network outage was handled. So there you yeah. go, Optus Optics, of course not listed. What is listed is Origin Energy. Uh, we had a couple conversations around Origin today because the real battle is heating up. I mean, you can see on some major websites, you know, the advertising that's going on mm. to shareholders to get this deal over the line mm. from the private equity consortium. Mm. Uh, we talked about it on the call today. So both of my guests, Gaurav Sodi and, and Daniel Ortiz from The Stock Doctor, um, gave really good insights as to how strategically they would play this bid if it goes through or if it falls over. And we also spoke with an M&A expert, Benjamin Yeo, about it as well. Mm. So we've got quite a lot of coverage up online if you mm. want to get you know yourself across really what's at, at stake here. Absolutely. And Morningstar also spoke with them about origin mm -hmm. and just utilities and the fact that it's poor Australian investors. We've got this shrinking uh, pool of infrastructure and utility assets. And I think that's one of the things that the super funds are sort of agitating, like we're going to lose all of them. And you know, not only does the the market cap shrink, but also for investors to capture a piece of this pie. So it is a lot still. There's no big central bank meetings on the horizon no. this week, but we have had a lot of Fed speak, uh, all expressing patience, and we will be hearing from the 
Reserve Bank Governor Michelle Bullock as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, and also the RBA meeting minutes. So yep. it's interesting. I was just looking at the Australian dollar, which is really firm today in Australian trade, up sort of 0.61% to 65 spot 5 cents. So maybe some positioning ahead of what Michelle Bullock and the minutes have to say. Yeah, you've got to think that the Aussie dollar as well reflects what's going on in the price of oil. So commodity sensitive currencies today. I think the Aussie hit a three month high. But here's the energy sector. I mentioned that it was the best performing sector. Overall, we saw Brent up by about 4%. Um, cons- uh, you know, thoughts that OPEC plus will look to curb production further. Um, you know, there's a lot riding on it. Demand as well. We saw the yeah. Chinese central bank leaving interest rates, you know, the main rates steady as expected, but still. Absolutely. And of course, utilities very much in focus, although not a lot of movement there except Mercury New Zealand, which seems to be your 5% and Infratel off mm-hmm. by just over 1%. But the staples, I reckon they might have caught some uh, Walmart fever there in terms of a bit of a, a sell-off ongoing with Woolworths, seeing some profit taking down by just over a percent and Treasury wines also weaker down by 1.7%. Financials overall were higher by about half of 1% percent. You can see ANZ is the leader there. And in terms of corporate stories, Macquarie is on this list. Now, you mentioned utilities. Well, Macquarie this morning saying that it has a new arm Abs- of its business. Absolutely. Allah. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to remember the uh, name. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, but, you know, to the point, we've got Macquarie looking to, you know, really have this fund that will develop uh, these wind and solar assets, particularly Absolutely. they're going to be starting with wind in WA. That's Absolutely. an interesting one. It is an interesting one. And of course, we have had a very positive update from Universal Store Holdings. I just thought this was so interesting when you compare and contrast it from what we had from Accent Group yesterday, yeah. or on Friday, I should yeah. say. I mean, talking about FY24 sales up nearly 15%, coming in just shy of $90 million. Like an Accent Group, its share price was absolutely hammered on Friday, hammered again today after we saw City downgrading the company off the back of that update. So really showing that there's so much nuance in this discretionary retailer Absolutely. So much difference between the stocks. And uh, now ASX, that's an interesting one because finally it looks like they may have found a uh, replacement for the chess project. Yet again, the the long saga, but it looks like the Indian company Tata Mm. Consultancy Services um, has been put in place to provide the next phase of a detailed design and implementation. Still quite a while to watch. 2026 by the looks of it, but at least the costs aren't nearly as bad, 105 to 125 million. But nevertheless, the long suffering shareholders in that one. But well, not only that, I mean, sorry, ASX itself was stock of the day, but you have to spare a thought for a lot of the companies, some of them listed, that have had to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars already to become sort of replacement ready. And then they continually have been let down by the ASX in this process. And I know I, you know, I speak with a couple of insiders at not to be named companies that like they are just livid about yeah. this. Um, ASIC has weighed in, of course, saying that in the meantime, 
Yeah, they think that this is a really positive step, but that in the meantime, the ASX has to maintain chess, make sure its integrity, you know, its security and everything is well maintained until 2026 when we start to see this new system being rolled out. Yeah, and a new hope, just saying that they're on track to meet its uh, coal sales guidance and they've posted 2 million tonnes of coal for the quarter, an increase of 1%, and they've realised sales came in at $225 million. And uh, even though underlying earnings or energy earnings were down 8.5% for the quarter, but nevertheless, stock up around 1.16%. Yeah, Karun, so you last week bought those assets in the Gulf of Mexico and we've had some of the brokers weighing in on that one so it had a good day today but I did mention that the stock of the day was the ASX let's take a listen to see if our guests would buy hold or sell it price does look appealing um if you the margins have halved in this business the returns have halved over the last few years and a lot of that has to do with the cyclicality and the specific project problems that the company is going through if you believe that um that's going to pass and and i think there's good reason to think that because the fundamental competitive position of the business remains strong um if it can restore its its prior margins or get close to them really without even touching them um, I think there's value on offer I'm too chicken to, to jump in at this stage and, and buy um, because we've been disappointed with this we haven't owned it for a long time and we've hesitated about buying it just because it seems to be a bit of a bit of a, a, a chaos boat at the moment internally and I just wanted to see a bit more stability from the um, from this project side of things um, and so I am happy to give up some returns uh, to do that. It's, it's not the kind of business going to rock your socks, but um, it is a high quality business. I think it remains one um, deeply unloved. Um, I'm happy to hold it right now. Braver investors might be compelled to, to nibble at it. And I don't think um, that's a bad decision at all. But for me, I'm, I'm happy to hold A bit of a call out or a, a bit of an attraction point, the takeover appeal and the quality of its assets. And you know, we've owned the stock for a long time and we, we wrote it all the way up during the speculation boom of 21, 22, and we've unfortunately rode it all the way back down to these levels. So, you know, we'd certainly be happy with the whole, we're not playing it for that takeover thesis at all, I think. Well, it looked like a, a hole, didn't it? It was a solid two, hole. A yeah. solid hole. But it is a solid hole type of company it with sure that dividend. Is. With the dividend and it's still its market position. You know, whatever yeah, you think monopoly. about how it's handled chess, it's a monopolistic, nearly uh, business. Of course, we've got SIBO Australia on site as well. All right, COB, Josh Gilbert, eToro. It's a Monday. Josh, hi, welcome. What do you make of market performance today? Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's a bit lackluster, really. I think you guys were just saying before we started there, we sort of eked out a bit of a gain, um, had energy sort of buoying the index. Woodside, uh, Santos saw some sort of big gains. Obviously, that's coming from sort of the move that we've we've seen in oil. Given how depressed that's been recently, that's sort of not really surprising um, to sort of see. And you've got um, OPEC later in the week as well, which I think is going to be a really interesting one to watch there. Um, I think, you know, output cuts are, are really going to be on the horizon again, given how how sort of weak the oil price has been in the last sort of couple of weeks. We've obviously got economy slowing as well. Inventories are swelling in the US. So that's going to be a sector I think is going to be top of mind this week as well. Uh, but yeah, pretty lackluster really today. Um, just sort of pretty, pretty straight trade, nothing too much to write home about. 
And Josh, we've got lots of central bank uh, minutes or speakers this week. Do you think any of them are going to move markets uh, between the RBA and the FOMC? I think I think markets sort of really know the positioning of both at the moment. I think um, I think we know that Powell is probably sort of you know continuing to, to sort of keep that hawkish tone. I'm not sure there's going to be anything in in the FOMC minutes that that sort of surprise markets too much. The the sort of the pause was was sort of broadly expected from the FOMC. I think with the RBA minutes, that's probably going to be a bit of a um, you know a closer inspection, if you like. I think that ultimately it was a live meeting going in, wasn't it? It was 50-50 chance whether you know they hiked on Melbourne Cup Day or, or if they didn't. So I think the, the sort of the commentary around that will be quite interesting, especially after we saw um, a bit of a change in language on, on the statement after they hiked as well, that, that sort of slight change between if sort of further tightening needed to be uh, in the future. There was a sort of a slightly dovish take I think the market had on it. But sort of since then, we've had that sort of red hot unemployment data and the wages data as well. So you know, I can't imagine that when uh, Michelle Bullock speaks this week, she's going to be anything sort of but hawkish. Um, I can't imagine any dovish tones coming from her this week. Josh, NVIDIA, uh, this is a big one, really big one for the market. So what are your expectations? Yeah, it's the big one. It really is. And I think it's the sort of the one that, um, you know, pretty much most investors have probably been been focused on through earnings season. Um, and you know, if we talk to the Magnificent Seven more broadly, you know, what a run up they've had in the last um, sort of couple of weeks, you know, really sort of more than doubling the performance of the S&P 500 as they have done for sort of much of the year uh, as well. But look, I think expectations are really high when your share price has gained more than 240 percent this year. You leave no sort of margin for error. But they've been delivering. They did it in Q2, you know, some really eye watering results. Their forecast as well was absolutely humongous for this quarter, 16 billion US in revenue, well above sort of expectations there. So I guess the question is, is just just can they deliver on it? Um, earnings are expected to be up 500%. So those numbers are, are really, really important. The, the numbers, though, in terms of them delivering, it is there. It's on an investor's side. They've only missed earnings expectations three times in the last 11 years, which um, you know is, is pretty solid. And I think that speaks to... Um, you know, you know how strong the company has been over the last sort of few years, but also that earnings number I think is going to be really key because it, it, you know if we are seeing earnings grow by 500%, that's putting sort of AI monetization sort of front and center. That's turning that hype into sort of real life sort of expectations. So again, no sort of margin for error, and I think that. Um, we are starting to see that hype turn into to sort of profit, uh, and that's going to be what I think we we sort of keep an eye on. Any weakness, into, or sorry, any commentary around any weakness, um, I think will be sort of heavily punished. But I, I can't see that coming through. I think that demand is sort of going to stay strong. We're seeing use cases for AI explode. We're seeing businesses continuing to sort of spend big. You know, the news over the weekend was all around sort of open AI and, mm -hmm. and sort of Sam Altman, uh, that sort of grip news. So I think that, again, this isn't a technology that's going away. It's a revolutionary technology. And I, I just can't see you know, NVIDIA's sort of sales slowing down at this point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Microsoft apparently is moving to try and get Altman back uh, running uh, OpenAI. How important do you think it is for Microsoft to, uh, you know, pull the board into line on this one? 
Yeah, it's a bit of a wild scenario, really, especially given it was a bit of a brisk exit that we had on on sort of Friday. Um, it sort of came out of nowhere. Um, but I think it really is important. He is sort of seen as the the golden boy, the the poster boy of AI. And if anyone had a look on sort of Twitter over the weekend, they would have seen a huge um, sort of gathering of support for him and everyone sort of calling to, for him to be sort of reinstated. So whether we see sort of Microsoft flex its muscles this week to sort of, you know, really get into this, this situation, uh, that's sort of left to be seen but what is really interesting is they own half the company microsoft own half of open ai but they don't have a board seat so that's going to be a really interesting scenario but i think that you know that they will as i say really muscle in this week to try and organize that but i think if we don't see that and you know sam altman basically goes to market i think it's going to be really interesting because you know we've got a really hot market here everyone's sort of trying to to run and 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 grab uh market share here and this could open the doors for the likes of you know maybe google or amazon to to sort of pick up as you say one of the sort of the poster boys of ai here um so i think it's gonna be a really interesting week to see how that plays out well i'll be watching popcorn in hand because you know we've even heard reports that um altman has been called to OpenAI HQ, you know, on a Sunday for a meeting. So there we go. We'll see. Interesting times, Josh. I hope you have a good night. See you Thanks, soon. guys. Same to you. Take care. Bye. Let's take a look at the leaders, can we, Danny? Just to see what yes. really drove this market higher in percentage terms, because of course, keep it in perspective. These are always, you know, the biggest percentage movers. Yeah. It's not necessarily market cap. Yeah, absolutely. So Karoon Energy with that acquisition, I think they've got their capital raising uh, done and dusted. So some love there, Paladin. Really interesting. Like uranium just continues oh, yeah. to rock and roll this year. And coal, Coronado Global Resources up by over three percent. Steadfast, a bit of an upgrade, or certainly. I'm just trying to my memory which broker was it I think it was was it Jeffries today one of them I'm um, just citing that they really like the acquisition that they are doing there and would recommend subject mm -hmm. to your own personal research and checking to take up the steadfast issue so that also is up three percent yeah A2 Milk is just uh, riding the coattails of its announcement last week which looked for an improvement uh, then and now let's go to the, league, uh, the laggards excuse me to find out what is weighing on this market over Overall, Thrive Resources, Star Entertainment, Link Administration, Core Lithium, and Telix Pharmaceuticals. Look, Telix is either on the best or worst yeah, list on absolutely. a daily basis. Um, some of the small to mid cap companies, let's see what's rating. Drone Shield talking about strong demand, um, no doubt, given the geopolitics that are going on around the world. And on the flip side, Oh, I was just going to say, I think well, 4D Medical actually had um, a, an approval of some sort. So yeah. maybe that, that one was up. Peninsula Energy. Raising capital. So it is looking oh. to raise capital to move one of its uranium. There you go. Yep. Um, projects forward. So we'll be speaking with Peninsula tomorrow morning. And oh, I think good. it's 1010. Yep. Oh. And uh, Ioneered there down by about 11%. So speaking of tomorrow, and look, this, as we mentioned, or actually tonight, it's not a massive week when it comes to economic no. data. We've just got the leading index in the United States tonight. It's a little bit lackluster for those of you who Oops. love a good smash bang. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have to wait uh, till global PMIs at the end of the week. But over here in Australia tomorrow, the New Zealand trade balance, the RBA board meeting minutes. And then tomorrow night, we'll have US existing home sales and the US minutes of the Fed meeting. Yeah, so Danny, uh, by the end of today, I mean, I've got there's so many great interviews up online if you've missed any of them today. I'm just going to put up one with the Serve Corp CEO, 
that I did just a short time ago on the small caps. What a great conversation. And he was saying, look, competition has never been as fierce, but he said sometimes he feels like he's swimming a race against people who've never learned how to swim. And he talks about <laughs> WeWork and he talks about all these blow-ups. But I mean, Surfcorp is going from strength to strength in many of its markets. It's looking to expand in the Middle East. It's been profitable. Oh its entire listing period. And Which is impressive. Yeah, Alf talks about um, yeah, his shares and his shareholding. And yeah, he says he never talks up the shares, but he's, hey. happy. he's a happy holder. Well, Just there you go. Just exercised some options recently as well. There we go. So should we have a look at the final close? Oh, I've got, oh, oh, I've got oh, one what? little breaking news oh. on Sam Altman not returning as CEO oh. of OpenAI. So this is coming from The Information, which is an insider sort of techie kind of publication. Emmett Shear apparently is the new interim CEO, so not that Mira who took over. So look, this is this is a watch and wait scenario when it comes to Sam Altman. So not returning as CEO of OpenAI. So what will he do next is really the question, as Josh Gilbert from eToro was just saying. No doubt there will be some volatility in some share prices and lots yeah. of speculation. So let's have a look. The CBO 200 did close up of, well, point, point nine of a point. <laughs> And so, and uh, the ASX 200 up nine points or just over one tenth of a yeah. percent. So, you know, it's we'll positive. Take it. Exactly. A positive start for a happy Monday. So the 20th of November, wonderful to be here with you Can yet you again today. The, no. the year, where is the year gone? No. Like 20th of November, that is just getting scary. My kids are writing their Santa letters already. Oh. They are ready, they are ready. And you know what, the kids, I mean, I'm sure some of us as well, but everybody I think is looking forward to a bit of a break. The kids are getting tired. You know, yeah. this time of year, they yeah, start they to sort of fade. They're a bit scratchy. <laughs> they do. Like their parents, That's a bit scratchy. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> oh, it was a relief to come back to work today. I'm kidding. Oh, All right. Have a good evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening. <laughs>